everybody out there. I hope you're enjoying our theme music. That's thanks to our buddy Bradley Hammers. And it's also an edited-in surprise for Matt, too. So this is the first time he's hearing it, listening to the podcast broadcast. Another thing I want to add in is the name that I will keep trying to think of through the rest of the podcast is Timothy Truman. Him, Easley, and Elmore were the ones that kind of really changed the art style from the basic days of D&D, moving more into the second edition stuff. So with that, let's get back to the show. Welcome once again to the No Class Podcast with your internet buddies, Eddie and Matt. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Living the dream. Today is Friday the 13th. Oh, no. But luckily for you, dear listener, you won't hear this for about two weeks, so your bad luck has already passed. Exactly. And it's getting better by the second. But we've had some good luck. Hells to the yeah. Give them that long con update. Can you believe it? First of all, as many of you may already well know, Brendan LaSalle is going to grace us with his presence. And we've confirmed no one other than David Beatty, the creator of Dark Trails, which is the Weird West game compatible with the DCC rules. And then finally, as good fortune would have it, one of our vendors is to be Diesel LaForce, famous as a early artist at TSR that created Dungeons & Dragons. He did a lot of uh, cartography for them and some other artwork. He's going to be a vendor. Which is going to bring us to our topic of the day, which is some of our... We're gonna. It's going to be the top 10 picks for fantasy art. And it was really, really, really difficult to narrow it down just to 10. Yeah, this is more like the top ten that I came across first. Pretty much, yeah. Because there's so much iconic, inspiring fantasy artwork. And like none of, and there's a lot of newer stuff that's been done in the last, you know, ten years, five years, whatever. But I can't speak for Eddie, but a lot of my picks are older pieces of artwork that inspired me in years gone by. Okay. Now, I have seen some of what you've picked out, and I kind of knew some of the ones you'd pick out. Oh, absolutely. Because some of it, you've got a poster of it on your wall. Mm, so in my like, game room. That's going to be one of Matt's picks. Yeah. So, some of the stuff I know, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. My hypothesis is that you're going to pick a lot of stuff older than me. Mm-hmm. But I think it will reflect when we came into the hobby. Yeah, because you got to figure, what have I got on you? What, five years? No, whatever. But anyway, well, not age-wise, but into gaming-wise. Well, gaming, I've been into probably gaming. Probably got I don't oh, know ten Lord, years, like a century, but maybe I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. But uh, anywho, but you know what? Late to the party, but he's caught up. He's still in. I'm he, a natural. Yeah, you you feel like an OSR guy, even if you aren't necessarily an OSR guy. Well, now second edition is OSR. Yeah, second edition right? is yeah OSR by all means yeah so. Yeah. I mean, I came in with the with the boxed editions and first edition, but yeah. Anyway, but yeah, like really exciting as always. Just a quick shout out that you know, LongCon is rapidly approaching. Oh, an interesting tidbit. As always, we check in with our good friends at the Hilton Garden Inn, which is the amazing venue where we'll be having the convention this year. We are so appreciative to them and, and the great staff. 
the great staff, and I mean, I've been dealing with the, the managers of different departments to make sure everything, we want everything to be perfect for you guys. If you only knew, and, and Eddie particularly, the things that we do, because we want it to be perfect. We want everybody to have a great time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we've been dealing with Josh, who's the, the chef, and we've got some really neat food that's that's special for just for the con attendees. Um, and... Uh, dealing with Kelsey who's doing things to make everything come together and you know the director of sales the gorgeous you know Stephanie and there's Becca who's been great and Crystal who's phenomenal the the GM Um, but one of the things that came out yesterday was people and I'm really proud people have availed themselves of the con rate and in doing so what's interesting is rooms are being sold as rooms are sold uh oh the price for the non-con rate rooms are going up. Yeah, which I find that's really impressive, incredible, whatever adjective you want to use yeah. there. So yeah, but, but there's two sides. On the one hand, it's kind of impressive that you guys have bought enough rooms that you're... Because normally November is kind of a dead month. The price of rooms is generally inexpensive. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. But as you're you, demanding. Yeah, so as you guys are buying rooms at the incredibly discounted con rate... Still, you're sending up the rate of the normal rooms. And that being said, for anyone's listening or you have a buddy that's thinking about coming to the con or hadn't bought their room yet that's going to get one, tell them to avail themselves of the rate because the rate goes away and then you have to pay an even higher fee now for a regular room. Well, if we stick to our broadcasting schedule, whatever you want to call it, by the time you hear this, it's the 13th now, but it'll be like the 26th or something when this gets uploaded. Mm -hmm. So this is almost like the podcast before the long con wow. uh, registration closes down. Yeah. We may get together and do a little special one the night before and cajole you into it. And mm. then we might have to do a little something the day after and go like, yay, it's a victory. Yeah. We've already won right now oh, with what we've done. We've won. We've won. We're so appreciative. Things. This has been, you know, this thing has gotten better and better every year, but this year is just, wow. Yeah, this year is just how big of a success will we be. We're yeah. a success right now if we didn't do, if we did nothing else. Right on. We're, we won. Yeah. And that means all of us. Yeah, everyone you know, involved. And we appreciate our game masters, the players, the, the venue space and everything. It, it's just our vendors. We can't thank everybody enough. So anyway, all well, that aside. Before we go back into the great art, sure. I guess we may not have talked about the Friends of the Con yet on the podcast. Oh, right. So right. we have two categories. We have yeah. special guests mm-hmm. and we have Friends of the Con. Yeah. And this is a little uh, inside baseball, so let's see if I just edit this out. But special guest means that in some way we are bribing them. Well, or, yeah, yeah. Friend of the con means they're coming out of the goodness of their heart mm-hmm. and or they're bribing us. Like yeah. certain people like uh, Richard LeBlanc. Mm-hmm. He's coming as a vendor, mm-hmm. but we've had him as a special guest before. Yeah. So we're still happy to have him. He will still get that five-star treatment from us and take advantage of him while he's there. Yeah, because his, his his brand is New Big Dragon. Yes. And I'm telling you, and I'm just saying this, I mean, he I own everything that New Big Dragon's put out, and it's all of the highest quality. It's just great product. I'm Seriously, check it out. And then we've got Jonathan Thompson from Battlefield, Battlefield Press. Press coming again. Mm-hmm. And 
I kind of feel like there's five people listening to this show so we can really <laughs> cut loose, but I don't know. He's given Matt a little inside knowledge that I don't yeah. know if we're allowed to share yet. What but do you we think? will anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, He knows that I and Eddie are big... Uh, uh, Jerks. Yeah. There's For sure. But is proponents the right word? But anyway... Advocates? Yeah, advocates definitely for uh, DC Shields. Shields. Absolutely. Shields would be the best word. Um, <laughs> for uh, Goodman Games' product, particularly DCC, MCC, and its derivatives, you know. And there's so many great things people have built off that engine, as I call it. Uh, uh, Star Crawl or... Dark Trails. C- Cyber Sprawl Classic, Star Trails, uh, American Wastelands. Yeah. Ad, ad nauseum. I could go on and on. He um, can. Yeah. At, at, you know, at will. Where was I going with that? But anyway, he, Jonathan Thompson, has optioned or tried to get the seal of approval to produce an adventure compatible with DCC's engine. Impressive. And I think it's, it's something Gaslight or something. Mm, the, so it's like it, Victorian Yeah, I want to say Gaslight mystery, by night, but yeah, no, whatever. No, probably not it. Yeah, but I mean, sorry, Jonathan, if we totally slaughtered that. Please send us an email or just text me. <laughs> this is an off the cuff. Yeah, yeah. this was this discussion. was a plan. Normally, we try to be better prepared. We'd have all our data in front of us. But anyway, but just off the cuff. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we a lot of exciting stuff. A lot of neat people to see and meet and greet. We're really excited. Like, you know, people that have been here for us every year at the con, like John Watson. I'm looking forward to seeing. I want to see John. I mean, I like he's a great guy. Well. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this one before, but we have talked about like doing a person of the con. Uh-huh. Like, hey, this is somebody that's really gone out of their way and done so much for us. This is probably the person, you know, that, you know, has really just done whatever. But there's too many of them. Yeah. There's like John Watson, yeah. great guy. There's great uh, guy. Jason Lilly's. Oh, yeah. Uh, just our GMs like James Ward and Robert Vegeta. Yeah. Laurelin, Robert Kelsley, Kels, Kelsley, Kelsley, uh, uh, and and Laurelin's been there since the beginning and been a big help. Doug and Nicole. Oh, we love Doug and Nicole, absolutely. A Cody. Cody, yeah. Throw money uh, at like us. Like I Cody. said, I mean, there's somebody that we're going to leave out, and they're going to be offended we didn't call them out. But I mean, the idea it's, is there's, it's there's, too close. It's just so many great people that have been uh, uh, advocates and and have supported us, you know, financially and otherwise, and helped make this con. Which this year, I really feel like we've arrived. If we didn't before, we have arrived. Well, we have worked and worked prior to these to, I guess, as they say, lay that floor that you'll Mm. walk on for years Mm. and years to come. So do it right. And I think we finally got that foundation set. It's like I, I'm getting the saying wrong, but it's something like with diligence and years of hard work, you too can be an overnight success. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, artwork. Yes. No. Oh, but <laughs> Come on, man. We right. have not shielded enough. Okay. Also, Long Con Spring. Oh, that's true. Board games. Oh, my gosh. Board game companies are very generous. So don't let us uh, speak ill of the RPG companies. Oh, yeah. People like frog god oh they've been very generous chaosium they're awesome goodman games they've been generous for so long so generous but so well i guess kind of on that you look at watsi and paizo they're like get the fuck out <laughs> yeah i mean pretty much whenever. you will take nothing yeah i'm like do you guys have some pencils or bookmarks I mean, I mean, you, or you either get an automated screw off letter or just dead air you know when you hey man i've been a promoter of your game and advertise and build a club around it yeah, whatever. Get them a face. But I get it. They're big enough that they don't need to do anything, so they're not. Right. But. But who who of all could afford to be the most generous? 
Exactly. You know, you would think that one book of ours just sold uh, 50 million on Amazon. Yeah, okay. How about passing some love along? But the board game con, the board game companies, on the other hand, I, I know we've talked about this before, but I think they appreciate it that they've got to really make that extra effort because a lot of them are small companies too. And board games are so prolific these days. I mean, there's just so many. And uh, we were talking about the pricing. We thought about doing a different price for board gamers and RPG gamers, but it was just going to be a hassle. Problematic. And we would like you to be able to freely flow back and forth from the channels here. If you want to go play a board game for a couple of hours and then you want to come Mm -hmm. back into your next scheduled game, do it, man. But one of the benefits for the board gamers, I think, on the pricing is that we're going to have a pretty good play to win. There's ample opportunity to possibly win a 20, 30, 40 dollar board game you know yeah so i'm working with the double exposure and they coordinate for a lot of board game manufacturers so that's going to hit a lot of stuff and like i said you play a game you have a good chance to win it you gotta be in it to win because it's not like gen con where it's like okay there's ten thousand people here we're going to be at between 100 and 200 and I think we've talked amongst ourselves and said 200 will be our absolute limit. Yeah. If that day ever comes where we get 200, that's it. We're not moving up anymore. No. That's where we would lock it down we, at. We don't have the infrastructure in place, so, you know, we're just two guys. <laughs> well, even if we did, I mean, we're not trying to be Gen Con here or no. any of that. We're um, not trying to be NTRPG. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I wouldn't even want to be as big as them. I'm envious. They've got a dedicated crew of, of people that help them for... Hi, Gary. Yeah, Gary Oliver is awesome, you know, one-man gang. And don't get me wrong, then there's Brian and there's, you know, Frank and this one. To a much lesser extent, Brian. Yeah, yeah. well, sure, yeah, much lesser with Brian, but anyway. Um, But I'm just saying, yeah, they have a crew that helps them because there's no way you could do that, just two guys, you know. So at the the time, we're a two-man crew putting it together, so I guess we think we can handle 100 people apiece. Yeah. I'm in my prime. Of course I can. All right, now... No. Do you feel like we've got all our plugs out of the way? No, but let's move on anyway. All right. Great art is what I called this one, but I'm sure the title of the show will be like our top 10 inspiring fantasy images. Yeah, iconic inspiring fantasy images. But really, it's just the top 10 that we came across first because there's so much of yeah. this stuff. Well, even it's almost like when you picked an artist... And you and then you have to narrow down one piece of art from them. Yeah, that's Man, impossible. That's, that's impossible. Just so much good art by these artists. I could have just made my list the top ten Jeff Easley. Yeah, right on. Pieces. Yeah, and it's funny. I think there's a lot. We talked about this. Just a little segue into. Uh, uh, there's a lot of things I think get attributed to Elmore, but they were actually oh, right. Easley. And don't get me wrong, Elmore stuff is is amazing. I could do that too. It yeah. could be the top ten Elmores. Elmore, yeah. But but the thing is, I think there's a lot of good stuff that Easley did that Elmore gets the credit for, kind of mentally, from people. Well, yeah. I'll go ahead and kind of start this story. Sure. Is that Elmore and Easley, and there's the third name that I am forgetting at the moment. Parkinson. Nope. Oh. But Caldwell. He's nope nope. It was, see, I can tell you who it's not. I'll go ahead and look this up and maybe edit it into the show or just put it in our notes. Oh, and let me interrupt myself to say, we're going to put all these pictures up on the Facebook somewhere so so that you can watch along, so you can click through them and go, oh, okay, because I don't even have the names of all mine. Matt was very diligent about tracking down names, but I was like, I don't know. Hey, some of these that I came across, I couldn't even find the freaking artist because people just... 
post stuff willy nilly with no willy, what is it artist. Yeah, yeah, they don't attribute it to the artist. Where, so you're like, I, I'll I, give I don't you know. a name and year if you wanted to look them up yourself. But we'll have we'll, we've done the work. We provide you the art too. Yeah, and when we put them on Facebook, maybe I'll take the little extra go the extra mile. So there were three kind of leaders of the new style. Once you got away from the original classic artist, mm-hmm. there was these three guys that I don't have to think of. It's but it's Elmore. And I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Easley. Easley. Yeah, yeah. Easley. But not Clyde Caldwell. Nope. Hmm. So anyway, that kind of started that new style going away from the what they had before, more like basic and first edition. I would think you were talking about Parkin, Keith Parkin. It's not. It's, it's not. Okay. I will look up this name okay. because now I must. You have to. It's but, oh, the other thing I think you will learn about this list is that me and Matt are sexist pigs. We're total sexist pigs. But I maybe because of the era or just the way that fantasy art is depicted, there will probably be a lot of busty, scantily clad women being rescued, is my theory. But great old Pulp Fiction, that was that was what it was all about. Right, but I mean, let's not go into the difference of what you could do 40 years ago and what you could do today. Yeah. But that is kind of somewhat it, too. Try to curb your toxic masculinity, Eddie. Yeah, we'll see. All this is going to get cut out anyway. It's better, all edited. Better not. Every bit of this will be edited. So let me go over here and see what image Matt will start us off with. Now let me let's try and slide this computer to you a little bit so you can see what I'm talking about. That is... Can you see, sir? Yes, I can. If nothing else, I've got a list and I'm going in order. So that's Death Dealer, isn't it? That is the Death Dealer from 1973 by Frank Frazetta. Um, Frazetta's artwork is just so uh, iconic and I, I think... He made such an impression on so many other artists that people are appreciating now or appreciated in more recent years, like, say, Brahm, for instance, which we'll touch on him again later, but Gerald Brahm. But, I mean, uh, so much of his, I mean, every bit of his at his work. It was so hard to pick even these three. I mean, I cull it down to these three, but these are three of my favorites, and hence they're framed on my wall. Anyway, but yeah, the first one is Death Dealer. If you'll think, and probably even if you haven't, this particular one is the one where he's on a horse. But there's one where he's got the axe up over his head, and there's a bunch of guys around him. There's other ones where he's in different poses, but it's always the darkened face, glowing red eyes, horned helm, and the axe. Um, but he did different versions. Uh, a band called Molly Hatchet yep. used a lot of his artwork bam, on their album bam, covers, bam, bam, bam. which good old Southern Fried Rock. But anyway. Okay. You're flirting with disaster, mister. Duh. But yeah. this also looks very, he did the art too, but this looks very Conan-esque to me. Well, well in fact. If you shined a light on Death Dealer, how he's in the shadow there, mm-hmm. that could very well be Conan. Well, and if you look at, um, well, we'll get to this one, we'll get to my third piece of artwork, but The Barbarian, 1974, um, that cover that artwork was used on a, a Conan cover and a lot of his artwork was used on these Conan books in the uh, 70s and there was this sudden research and interest in Conan and it sold hundreds of millions of books and don't kid yourself that artwork on the cover is what initially caught people's attention right. and helped sell those books and uh, and I, I don't doubt that the Conan movie being made in the early 80s had a lot to do with these books being sold in the 70s you know all right, here's where I'll try and uh, salvage this again. Do you know who did the artwork for War Duke? Like the uh, D&D line of figures that was out, and it's kind of very much the uh, 
cartoon, the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon look. Now, I know you're talking about War Duke, but no, I don't know who, who did it. That guy. That's one of the things that I could point to and go, aha, because yeah. that was one of the images that I almost picked yeah. as one of mine. But the other thing you'll learn about for my picks, I love villains, apparently. Apparently. There's a, a lot of those or that. But I, it's, it's also mm-hmm. like, this is what you would see as an adventurer coming up. Mm-hmm. Sure. Instead of a lot of Which the heroic stuff. Death Dealer does look kind of like, is he a villain? Or is he a good guy? Is he an anti-hero? He certainly you wouldn't want like, to run across that. No, no, no. And, I mean, he's, he's kind of uh, fear-inspiring. So you think bad guy, yeah. All right, so we'll go to my first image. Oh, and these are in no order, for me at least. Now, I knew you were going to pick uh, Count... You know what's his Strahd? Okay, Strahd. Strahd's got to be in there. I but, love but, Strahd. But you're talking about you didn't pick the one where he's up on the balcony because that's iconic. It's so iconic. But yeah, and I could have, knowing me, I could have done top ten Ravenloft images or oh, yeah. top ten <laughs> pictures of well, Strahd. This guy loves Ravenloft, and that is a great piece of art. And who's that? Clyde Caldwell. That's Clyde Caldwell. See, that's where it. I was yeah. like, it's. I'm not thinking of Clyde Caldwell, but yeah. I didn't realize how much of his art. That's not one of the first names on my tongue. Yeah, a lot of people don't think about Claude Cudwell, but he did a lot of great artwork from back then. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. But then and here's, here's Lance, I knew who it was. At, well, here's the classic example. Like I said, there's your kind of busty damsel in distress. Oh my, semi shocking. Maybe like men only care about one thing, and it's disgusting. A woman's brain. But that's Her just mind. freaking kick-ass art. No, it's amazing. That's how you should see a vampire. Right on. That's just so... Well, and that's the usual kind of like horror movie, Bela Lugosi coming out from some doorway with the uh, dry smoke billowing out and a hot chick fainted or whatever across the arms or whatever. But I have another little antidote for you. I'm poor planning, but I think it was Elmore that said that they used to call Clyde Caldwell the thigh master. (laughs) <laughs> because all of the things that he drew, you were going to get some thigh like that. Well, so I thought that was pretty interesting. He, but he's he, got a he's ton a leg man, of know. great images. And, oh, mm-hmm. let me, we're looking at this on Facebook, and I'll scroll down for this image for Matt sure. and hopefully not let him see all my other ones. He did this one, too. Did you know he did that? No, I did not. And that is an amazing piece of artwork. Which that is the cover for one of the DCC modules. Absolutely. Save me with the name. It's by Harley Stroh. Yeah, and you've ran it before. And it was a 3.5 that got converted over into DCC. Yeah. And it's, and a, it's it was, about it was like a fun those adventure. apes or whatever. Well, you'd had like, yeah, weird ape men and stuff. I mean, typical DCC, it's going to be something weird and strange and whatever. But yeah. And it's got the something typical like, like the, bikini armor. The Dragon Queen's throne or something. It's got a name like that. But I mean, yeah, that is like. It's great classic art. And that great bikini armor, you know, chain Which would mail. protect nothing. Absolutely. That's how you know she's really a wizard or sorceress. Exactly. She's enticed. But, but you know, while you're busy bewitched and bewildered by her chainmail bikini that's when she runs you through with the sword that's you know? the real protection of the armor yeah, it really it's distraction. is distraction plus i mean who could hit that and mar that that perfection all right here's another one off of matt's game room wall it's it's the egyptian queen and once again talking about perfectly formed you know the the female form um it, it's uh, uh it, this is from 1969 and a little interesting tidbit is that the original recently sold at auction for $5 million. But, it, and so there's like this. I think you were one of the bidders too, weren't you? I was. I bid $1. <laughs> 
but anyway, um, so I mean, here's, you know, for those of you who pull up the image, you can see what I'm talking about, but I mean, there's the Sanui uh, uh, leopard or cheetah, whatever this, this cat down at the bottom of this pedestal she's leaned against sort of come hither and the exotic Egyptian eyes. And she's like, but she's a queen in a time when like most people would be, you know, scrawny and starving and she's, she's got a little meat on her bones. She's been eating good. She's the queen, you know, but still she's voluptuous and 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 you know anyway just and then there's the the guard in the background some eunuch you know uh with a sword it's just great frisata artwork and i just love the the look of it it's so evocative yeah i think a lot of these you look at them and you say i would love to be playing in that game or i would write that adventure sort of thing right on you know i mean that's what this artwork has inspired so much creativity through the years for me and I assume for other gamers and game masters and whatnot. All right. Now here's you a Keith Parkinson. Parkinson. Yeah. Which I love his work. Which this one is Raceland fighting mm-hmm. Fistantilus mm-hmm. in the uh, lab. Kind of who's going to get the body. And I'm trying to think. That's the uh, Time of the Twins oh, wow. series. Yeah. Which, you know, love me some Raceland. Always like Raceland the best out of all those characters. But again, I could, like I could do top 10 Ravenloft images. I could definitely do top 10 Dragon Dragonlance images. Oh, yeah. And there are some people that poo-poo on all the settings. Uh-huh. But that's where I came in at. So I yeah. have an appreciation for it. And I think, regardless if you think it's great uh, art on the novels and all the mm. box sets and their modules. Sure. We can agree that that's great art. Oh, it's amazing. And it's very inspiring. Yeah, I mean, that just, like the pose that Raceland's in, he's he's holding his staff and he's got his fingers wrapped around core like he's just starting to encant some spell and Fist and is is gestulating like he's about to throw down some cool magic. I mean, that's just cool, man. Yeah, you can see how pissed Raceland is. Oh, well, he's always pissed. What are you talking about? Some, some shit's about to go down. Oh, yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. You wouldn't want to piss Raceland off, you know. But I love because he's the anti-hero of that series of books, and I've always kind of liked the anti-heroes. I'll tell them myself. All right. What do we have for Matt next? And there it's it is. The Barbarian. The yeah. Poster from the wall. Yeah, The Barbarian. And this piece of artwork has been Im- uh, parodied, imitated, duplicated. It's that classic big brawny he-man death glare on his face standing on a pile of dead bodies with this incredibly uh conveniently nude and and voluptuous woman clinging to his thigh oh you've rescued me you know i mean every high school boy's you know fantasy and it's conan and it's conan it's absolutely in fact that was used for the books you know and the piece of artwork's called the barbarian was done in 1974 it's a real pop culture you know touchstone um and and this is where we've talked about these three pieces. They're all for Zada. So Vrata's work hit a certain kind of adolescent mind, like a ton of bricks. And that was that it was imprinted the drama, the urgency, the sex, the fantasy. I mean, that was for Zada's artwork. And I mean, not just these three go and look at any of his artwork. It, it's all, well, you could do that. a top 10. Oh, absolutely. For Frazetta. So yeah, no. And I mean, that for that time period that had such an impact and there's many of the artists working today that could even if they wouldn't admit to it there's something about this artwork that got them going like i think gerald brahm if you look at his stuff and i love his stuff too and i think he's even come out and said yeah frazetta was a huge influence you know all right spoiler alert there's probably going to be a lot of conan on this list oops 
Let me see. Is this my number three? I think it is, yeah, and I think it is another uh, Keith Parkinson. Parkinson. Yeah, it is. Lord, Lord Soth's, Soth's charge. charge. Yeah, which that's his number three. These are yeah. These are not in order. Yeah. This is just not kind of order, as but, I found them and put them there. So this yeah. is not my third favorite or my seventh favorite, as it would be. But we knew there'd be some duplications. But at least this is one I know we duplicated because this was like my tenth choice. But you know, not to say that it's tenth on my list per se, but. Yeah, but it's such a great piece of art. And that's another villain shot. Yeah. And so it's here he is, the the, the uh, evil Lord Soth and his you know, undead retinue are charging across some plane on their red-eyed, you know, fire-breathing, you know, devil horses. I mean, it's just, Parkinson had such a talent. God rest his soul. He died of cancer in... Leukemia. Yeah, in 20... 2009 is what 2000, I'm going to say. Yeah, I think somewhere around there, which is a real, just a real shame. You know, very talented man. I will say that I don't think I knew what Lord Soth was the first time I saw this picture. Because I want to say it was in one of the monster manuals or something like that, too. Well, now, Lord Soth is a villain from Dragonlance, right? Oh, yeah. I know what, you know, obviously what it is now. But I think the first time I saw this picture, it was not in relation to Dragonlance. So it was just a death knight charging across with a skeletal army. It didn't have any novel behind it like oh i know that character like here's darth vader strowing striding through the place yeah. it'd just be like oh here's some dude in all black and yeah. he looks badass no but it's just so awesome that one stands work. alone oh yeah phenomenal all right let's click over and see what matt has for us next Oh, yeah, there's your yeah. boy. Right on. As much as I love Conan, this uh, might be your guy. Yeah, I love Elric of Melnibon. And I mean, just, I love those books. But it's one of those things like, like if anybody ever wanted to go, God, I wish Matt never got into gaming, well, go punch Gary Hopkins in the face. I was um, going to do that anyway. Right, if you're smart. But for anybody that's like, man, I'm so glad that, you know, Matt's a gamer. Well, then go, you know, go buy Gary Hopkins a, a cheeseburger, no bacon. But, um, the, the thing about the is when I was a very impressionable, what, like 10, 11, 12 year old or something, Gary and I were buds and he brought me the Elric books and I started reading them. And I, in years at that tender age, all you're used to is movies and books that are all about, yay, the hero wins the day and they're always shiny and wonderful heroes. But here's Elric, who is this anti-hero and such a convoluted character, but I won't go, that's a different podcast. But his book, the books were so good, but once again, what helped sell those books and really draw you in is the artwork on the cover by Michael Wieland is just, I don't have the words for how amazing. They evocative. should have sent a poet. Yeah, yeah, no exactly. Words. But these, these books came out in 1977 from Dahl Books. And, um, D-A-W. Yep. Um, but. Anyway, yeah, the, 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 like if you put it and they're all the covers are great. If you put a gun to my head and said, all right, I want you to pick, um, you know, picks narrow it down like two or three covers. This first one is from the, the sailor on the seas of fate. And there's Elric at the prow of the ship and the other sailors behind him are looking at him like, what the, and here he is just all, you know, slender and albino with the, the storm bringer, the evil devil forged into a blade. And you're just like, oh man. And if you'll flip over to the next one though, but this one, the weird of the white wolf. Holy crap. I mean, is that not just 
Wow. Yeah, it's epic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, here he is astride some uh, misshapen foe he's put down. The blade is sticking out of their chest, and you see it actively sucking this creature's spirit and soul out of it and, and robbing him of, of any kind of eternal afterlife as that's sucked into that blade. And Elric is just a quiver drawing on the energies that the blade is stealing. I mean, it's just, wow. You know. <laughs> that does it for you. I'm going to need to go to the bathroom for me. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. I'll be in my bunk. But anyway. All right. Well, I can't match up to that enthusiasm, but here we go with me having another villainous type of picture and probably another Ravenloft style picture. Mm-hmm. We get, I think Jeff Easley hits our list now. Yeah. This is like... our first Jeff Easley, correct? Yeah. Yes, correct. So this one is Love me some easily. like a lich and his ghouls and just the energy and electricity crackling off of him as he's raising these dead to him. That's the kind of thing. I think as a player, you go, oh, crap. It's going to hit the fan now. Oh, yeah. Or as a GM, you're like, boy, I'd love to write that scenario and make my players be the ones that are saying, oh, crap. And that's the best artwork that inspires you to, to create, you know. And then you can kind of see I had a little few honorable mentions here. Sure. I almost went with the uh, Eye of the Beholder artwork where the skeleton's busting down the door. Mm-hmm. And I almost went with, what is this, the cover of the Manual of the Plains? Yep. And that's the Abyssal Stalker, is that right? Abyssal Stalker, yeah. So. It's a big And of course that. So. Yeah. And then of course that. Yeah, All these so ones much. that I won't put up there. You yeah. can just hear me talking about them, but but just iconic, geez. yeah, great, Jeff, evocative, yeah, the easily, man. man. I mean, I'm gonna make somebody mad, but Elmore was good, but honestly, and I think he gets more attention, but yeah, I like to me it, it easily edges him out to me. Sorry, anybody that irritates, but no, man. Well, since we jumped ahead to your next one, I guess yeah. I could jump ahead to my yeah. next one, which brings Larry Elmore onto the there list. Since we're talking about him, <laughs> did you show me wrong? Elmore's phenomenal. And here is, uh, we've got to do Dragon Lance again. Apparently, you know, a lot of good artwork came that really touched you came out of. Uh, That's when I was Dragon getting Lance. really drawn into the hobby. There so, you go. all this kind of when all the whenever when the land was boxed sets. Yeah. That's where I came in. Mm-hmm. This is another one. So I mean, it's the same set of books, even I think, mm-hmm. where it's the time of the twins, and yeah. you've got Raceland chained up by. Was Tachesis or the Tiamat? Yeah, or other form, more badass art, and no, yeah, that's where Larry Elmore comes into the list. But, Moving on to Matt's next one. Mm-hmm. Oh my! One more. There we go. Oh yeah, I should have known this one would yes. be in there. And it, and then we're talking about art that inspired you, and and we're, like you said, you got in at Dragonlance. Okay, so I came in pretty much the tail end of like the box sets, and then first edition D and D, and so. You know, of the three books, God bless the artwork on the Monster Manual. I love it, but eh. And the DMG's great, but the Player's Handbook, that devil statue, that demon statue, whatever, is so, it's so iconic. Once again, it's been parried and and duplicated and, and, you know, whatever and done. But what's interesting to me is if if that, that was chosen, or David Trampier, who did that since that book came out in 1978. He encapsulated everything it meant to play D&D at that time in one picture. I mean, look at it and think about it. You know, here you are, a group of guys that are sieging the dungeon, killing the evil lizard men, you know, that worship this thing, 
Now it's time to get the loot. You're prying the eyes out of the statue. Now, see, that's where you're reading into it. There were these innocent lizard men (laughs) minding their own business in church, (laughs) and these horrible adventurers come along, and these murder hobos. Regardless, take their crap. Well, but again, I don't deny that 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 encapsulates everything it meant to be a player in old school D and D. Either, either, either way you look at it, I'll say okay, you know. But I mean, so what a great piece of artwork! A real uh, tribute to David Trampier and the original artists of TSR. Yeah, and the nice little touch of the guy wiping off his blade from the blood. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. But this was a lot of the art style that I expected to see from you. So because you know I have a great appreciation. The rest of your list will be revealed, but we shall see if there's a lot of this. But but no, a lot of the old stuff I have a real appreciation for it because almost some of stuff that came later to me was almost too polished, too crisp. And I'll definitely own up to that one that I really like that nice polished look. And that's fine, but to each their own. You know, that's what taste and flavor are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, Larry Elmore will make another appearance. Dun dun dun. Shadow and you recognize Run. this one. Oh yeah. The original cover to the first Shadow Run, and which is a great piece of artwork. And again, it ca- encapsulates kind of what it meant to play Shadow Run. The Deckers trying to hack in the street warrior guys shooting at some Sarariman, you know, and there's a chick with a gun and a spell. You know, heck yeah, man. It's fantasy. It's sci-fi. So this is the first sci-fi that hits the list, I think, right? It absolutely. It might be. Absolutely. The only one? It might be. It could very well. Yeah. But I think this was the cover of the Player's Guide, right? Well, there was, just, there was just a single book of for, originally for Shadowrun. Well, okay. But it was also the cover of the Sega Genesis game. Oh, yeah. It, absolutely. Yeah. So that applies to me. Yeah, I didn't get into the role-playing for a while. Yeah. So... Video games were the beginning of a lot of my role playing, and mm-hmm. that was really just such. That one sold you the game. That would have sold you the book. Mm-hmm. It's just that good. It really is great artwork. All right. What does Matt have up for us next? Ah, there you go. Welcome to my Dragonlance. Right on. So, see, more Dragonlance, but it's Clyde Caldwell's Dragons of Desolation from 1984. And you can tell because you can see the dragon's thigh. Exactly. But, That's when there are no scantily clad women. Exactly. So it shows you we're not total perfs. Um, but yeah, it's like this uh, ancient, withered, either he's dead and desiccated or he's lichified, probably lichified, old, like elven king. He's got a crown. He's on a throne. The throne, the gems and the throne just... So you haven't... Alone. Did you read the Dragonlance ones back in the day? No, no. I absolutely read the, the original Dragonlance books. If you remember when we were on those other guys' podcast, yeah. they asked us about the so books. So he's with the dragon orb. Yeah, that yeah, draining it out. Right, yeah, or it's or what is it doing to him, corrupting his dreams or whatever. But here's this dragon sitting here leering, you know, hanging on to the back. It's just what a great piece of art. You get a lot of, or the Dragonlance novels get a lot of crap for too much, like Lord of the Rings. But mm-hmm. that's kind of his Grimer worm tooth, yeah. if you want to use that analogy. He's kind of pouring that poison into the king's ear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, I guess I have to go look at another one of mine. Right, and so. Frank Franzetta there comes in go. for me because I knew Matt wouldn't pick this one. Uh-huh. This is Against the Gods. But this would have been my f- probably fifth pick. Yeah, so, I mean, we're really close on a lot of our it's tastes so here, which I didn't expect. Stuff, yeah. But this is Conan. Call it whatever no, you want. No, that, it's Conan. Well, I don't, I'm sure that if you looked at it, was probably the cover of one of those books oh, from yeah. the 70s, you know. 
you know, Conan the Conqueror, Conan the Destroyer, Conan the Freebooter, Conan the Honey Toucher. I mean, whatever. So this one's just Conan, scantily clad, so. With a lightning bolt careening off his sword instead of electrocuting him. <laughs> yeah, take that as you will. Yeah. And but we didn't make any hard and fast rules on what we could and couldn't include in this, could and could not include. But what we had went without saying, we didn't make any hard and fast rules about what we could and couldn't pull from as sources. Because I could have definitely done the Conan comics. Oh, yeah. So we didn't use comics, which we hadn't made an agreement or a rule on that. But you didn't use any comic art, did you? Nope. So neither did I. Mm-hmm. I tried to stick primarily with, like, D&D, RPG type well, stuff. Yeah, fantasy art. But... Well, I noticed you had sci-fi, but I just... We didn't make an agreement, but I just... And there's I could have called a lot of cool stuff from sci-fi as well. But, I mean, even the, like, Franzetta posters, mm. eh, that could be kind of in the gray area or whatever. But Pop we culture. just said RPG images. Yeah. So there was a ton of other places that we could have pulled from. And he, he made this list even longer and made this podcast even longer. Cut down to size. With, or with this ring. I think it's known by both titles. But it's Jeff Easley. So finally, my contribution from Jeff Easley. This is from the Second Edition Player's Handbook. Second Edition, you say? Yes, indeed. That's your bellowick. So here's the thing that's interesting is for all the people of like, dude, and it's misogyny and blah, 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 sexist or something. No, here was a strong, empowered woman, a female warrior who and who's lithe but not wearing like a bikini or her hooters hanging out. You know, she's she's strong, she's powerful, and she's beat the crap out of this ogre. You see where his club, she's cut his club down just a nub in his hand, and she's leaning over, putting her knee in his groin, and holding on to his nose ring, and she got a sword up there like, all right, buddy, and you tell me what I want, or I'm going to run you through. I mean, she's beat the poop out of this creature twice her size. It's, it's very empowering for women. It's just a great piece of artwork, uh, very evocative. I mean, it just... Yeah, really, I love it. It's a great piece of artwork. This is one that I would have picked, but I knew it was going to be on Matt's list. Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff we we already knew that we, we liked. But this one I've tied it to before, and people go, D&D's finally not sexist, and, blah, 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 and women are finally empowered. And I'm like, just stop. Let me point you back to 1988, you know, which is when this artwork please came do. out. Please do. Please do point yeah. me back to 1988. Oh, I've got it, some things I need to take yeah, care of. Yeah, get me back to 88. All right. Ooh. A Ken Kelly. Uh, oh, interesting. So, do you, have you heard of Ken Kelly? I won't lie. I've never seen this piece of art before. I've never heard of Ken Kelly. Now, if you had never... If you if I just showed you this, who might you think that was by? Um, I might would have said it looks somewhat Frazetta-esque. So, Ken Kelly is related to Frank Frazetta's wife. So, he was actually able to go in there and hang out in the studio oh. and watch over his shoulder. Yeah, from the master himself. Yeah, and a lot of times, here I'll show one of my fandoms. I used to be a really big Kiss fan. Really? And they wanted to get Franzetta to do one of their covers. Uh-huh. And they said, I want a billion dollars to do it. Uh-huh. And they're like, we can't afford that. Get us uh-huh. the next. And actually, your boy Gene Simmons, uh-huh. as a major comic book fan, mm-hmm. he'd seen some work that uh, Ken Kelly had done and said, hey, this guy could do it. So they contacted him. He did, uh, I think, the Destroyer cover, mm-hmm. Love Gun cover, mm-hmm. which for like top fantasy images, mm-hmm. that almost got on there. If right you on. think of that Love Gun cover, oh, yeah, it's incredible. But again, yeah. that's where me and Matt would be horrible sexist pigs. But yeah, Absolutely. 
You've got to think of the things that inspire a young boy's imagination. Yeah, it's like, how can you get teenage boys to pick up this record and consider buying it? Well, sex sells. Let's just, and it still does. You can say what you want. I mean, clickbait on the computer, you know, yeah, whatever. But again, in this one, we have our scantily clad male figure. Ooh, ooh la la. Ooh la la, look at those abs. And he's cutting down the cultists. Right on. And there's one he's laying hand the smack outstretched, down. trying to encourage the wrath, some curse he's about to hurl at this barbarian you know so this is where you take into uh effect weapon speed <laughs> and how fast you can cast with somebody and, in your face casting time yeah. if i had to make a bet <laughs> i think this sword game. comes down first yeah there's gonna be one more dead cultist on the linoleum here in a minute but no that's very evocative i love the colors uh the stairs in the back the the brazier i mean that's just really uh, a great piece of artwork and Absolutely. it's another obvious conan oh yeah which as Which, I've said many, you, many times. Are you a fan of Conan? Conan's my boy, and your boy is. Yeah, Elric. But don't get me wrong, I love Conan, too. Well, with Conan, I can identify with his, uh, what is it? Stoic. Gigantic mirths and Melanco- giant melancholies. Collies. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That's just one of those things. People, Conan does not get enough credit for the brilliance that he has in the books. Yeah, absolutely. All right, back to Matt. All right. Now, basically, again, I love just about anything by Gerald Brom. You know, Gerald Brom's artwork is phenomenal. And again, he's talked about he was inspired by Frazada. But um, there's just so many different pieces. I really didn't want to pick one. And so just kind of almost like throwing a dart, I picked Red Hand. Now, Red Hand is cover art for a uh, RPG called Nightbane that came out some years ago. But Red Hand's kind of Nightbane. Yeah, Nightbane. All right, tell me something about that if you know anything. I don't know a thing about the game Nightbane, but just if people go, hey, what's the significance of this piece of artwork? He was commissioned to do this for the cover of Nightbane, which I want to think this might have even been uh, optioned as maybe like some bonus rules for like riffs or GURPS or something, but don't Mm -hmm. quote me on that. Or the artwork's been used again, you know, but... I mean, just really a neat piece of artwork to me. And this one might be the only one that's kind of modern times. Well, yeah, I mean, or futuristic, futuristic, or whatever. It may not be me. as far flung as cyberpunk. Yeah, because you don't see any evidence of it. Right, but it could be typical me. This is something maybe kind of post-apocalyptic or aliens or dimensional or whatever. Well, see, I wouldn't say post-apocalyptic because the power's still on. Yeah, maybe so. Then, yeah, who knows? It's or it's kind of like the. These games where it's like heroes against these uh, uh, secretive dark forces in the modern world. Yeah, it has a very gothic feel to it. Yeah. Like if you replace those street lights with the uh, gas lamps, mm-hmm. it would fit right in. Yeah. But, I mean, there's so much great stuff. Uh, there's the, the the work that Brom did for um, what was the Weird West game from years ago. Oh, um, oh I can't think. But there, you know, years ago there was... Deadlands. There's a Deadlands cover that's got this kind of an undead zombie guy who's he's like flinging cards with one hand, holding a great big uh, peacemaker with the other, and it's like an undead cowboy. Brom did it. Great piece of artwork. Just surprise, surprise. Yep. Conan and Booty, and it's your boy, Boris Vallejo. Ah, Vallejo. Yep. Which I mean. It's pretty much him and Franzetta. Yeah, and they have a very similar style again. And I want to say this one is probably a Daw book as well. 
This yeah. one might be an ace printing that it's actually the on the book. Mm-hmm. But this is Conan the Freebooter, the cover. And once again, Conan's getting ready to delay the smackdown on a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. As a chick who's summoning up a demon. And there's, of course, some scantily clad down on her knees. Oh my, save me, Conan, little hottie toddy. Yeah. But almost with Conan art, if you're going to use Conan art, there's going to be a scantily clad chick that he's rescuing. Yeah, or about to put the smack down on. The sorceress is conveniently slash unconveniently covering her uh, her new news, you know, yeah. as she's casting the demon, summoning it. All know. right, let's see what else we've got from Matt. Aha! Uh-huh. Errol Otis. His first know. appearance? Yep. Deities and Demigods, cover art from 1980. If you're looking at it, it seems pulp-inspired, and it, it displays the conflicts between gods and their mortal pawns. But for me, I guess as a kid, what really got me was the colors are so rich and phantasmic. And, uh, you know, Errol was someone who was not afraid to use, like, pink, purple, and fuchsia in his palette at all. It, if I uh, was picking an Errol Otis as my favorite, this would be the one that I would pick too. Yeah, right on. And so, but I just loved like, you know, there's the one guy, you know, down on his knees praying and and he's communing with his God, which is this Cthulhu-esque insectoid tentacled multi-armed, you know, thing on one side. And, and you see these gods up in the heavens. And, I mean, it's just, this is, there's so much going on in this and it's just, Really, uh, as a young boy, you figure, what, 1980, what was I, you know, I mean, yeah. Are you sure you want to say? No, but but this, like, this just really blew my mind. I really connected with this artwork. Sadly, the content in the book itself, eh, not so much, but this artwork is probably the best thing about it. Well, it's kind of legends and lore and a bunch of those. If you stat it, players believe they can kill it. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Now, we'll say that's one thing we did was we spent one lazy Sunday one time where, like, one person, like, I pick Cthulhu, I pick Zeus, and we, you know, roll off and have them fight, you know, using their their statistics. So, it's just kind of wild. All right, let's see if I have any more picks left. Well, sure. We're getting down there. Oh, all right. Archetypical adventures, like the dwarf is watching from the back, make sure they're not being snuck up on, the wizard's pointing and explaining something, the halfling's up front, you know, about to touch something he shouldn't. I mean, yeah, this is this is adventuring, man. But this is in the core book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I'll have to look this up to hit the book and see what the credits are. Oh, yeah, to see who the artist is. Yeah, because I didn't. Yeah, and I'm trying just at a glance. I know it's not. Uh, uh, who's the director of art? Kovacs. Kovacs. Yeah. It's not nope. Kovacs. It's not Pogue. Uh, Stephen Pogue. Um, but there were a number of people that did artwork things for the main book. Errol Otis did some artwork for the main book. So there's no telling who this is. Sadly, off at a glance. But this is in the core book, actually, this image. And it's a great image. I mean, talking about kind of like the artwork for the player's handbook from the yep. first edition, this is like here. This is an example of a typical adventuring party getting to that ooh-ah part of the adventure, kind of, you know? Because, like, you here's this huge leering skull with jewels for eyes. It's like, all right. We want those jewels, but what's going to happen when we mess with this thing? You yeah. know? And like I have said before about DCC, a lot mm-hmm. of the art that I really like is like, hey, look at that door that yeah. Kovacs drew. It's yeah. not the things that you would expect. Who's the, the guy who did the adventure that we were talking about him earlier that 
Say what you will about him. The adventure is amazing. Uh, that which lies below or whatever. Yeah, Bitterman. 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 Joe Bitman or whatever. But there's some. There's a door. The artwork for a door that Kovacs did. That the door. You're like, man, that is. There's so much detail. It looks one so awesome cool. Door. And you're like, wow. That's. That, you know, I just want to sit and marvel at this door. But it's he not drew. a scantily clad door, so we can yeah. get away without. Yeah, but so we're not complete. You know, whatever. All right, for the listeners at home, are you keeping count? Have we got to ten yet? I know that you're down to my last piece of artwork, which of course we've already covered. So really, but my last piece I'd picked and we knew there was going to, we joked about early on, there was going to be some overlap, some overlap is Lord Soth's charge from 1985 by Keith Parkinson and Parkinson. He had a style. And I mean, like I say, I remember back in the old, around these times, it was like Elmore, um, Elmore Easley and Parkinson did so much cool stuff for D and D in the eighties and early nineties. And they, but they each had their own distinct style and they were all good in their own way. But Parkinson, I can't put a, it's, it's, I can't, there's not a word for it for me, but it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, there was his color palette and certain things he did. I really love the look of the stuff he did. And it really breaks my heart that he won't be creating any more artwork. You know what I mean? Yeah. His was really good. And see, he did, he had a relationship with Sony online and he did the artwork for the original box covers, um, for the, uh, uh, EverQuest games. He, he did for, um, I think almost all those games, he did the artwork, you know, the box artwork. And, um, and then they eventually came up with a game called Vanguard and he was the art director for Vanguard. He did the artwork for that. And while I think while he was working with them on that project, he developed the, the leukemia. It's really sad. Anyway, all right, well, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and we got another one of these incredible Daw books. Oh, yeah. The very first, like, fantasy thing that I read was Yamaro. Hmm. Which, I don't know if you know anything about that. Not a thing. So, Charles R. Saunders mm-hmm. was one of the first black authors oh. to write that kind of fantasy novel. So, that's mm-hmm. his claim to fame. So, Yamaro mm-hmm. is a... I can't say African-American hero. He's a black hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's set more in that kind of African setting. Interesting. Where he's in the savannah. But he's very much Conan-esque and Conan-inspired. Yeah. And you can tell from this art that could very easily be Conan again. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the things that it's like, it may not mean a lot to the outside observer. Mm-hmm. But being as that was one of the very first fantasy images that I was exposed to. Mm-hmm really meant a lot to me and, and real quick just as kind of an interesting aside or, or not is Daw books um is donald a worthington or whatever the guy who decided to do Daw books he had been a a, a, a famous and and prolific you know editor and an author and done all this stuff for years for other publishing houses but he and his wife decided and it was it took it's kind of a brave thing like in the early 70s quit those jobs and step away and do their own publishing house and it was just him and his wife because to him, all these other publishers had gotten to be too big, big, faceless companies, and da 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 da. And he wants something that was personality driven and to be uh, smaller and more intimate. And he decided to do strictly sci-fi and fantasy. And so there's so many of these great doll books that uh, when I see that gold spine on the book on my bookshelf, I'm like, yeah, it's that, those doll books. So many of those are books that really. I loved as a kid Conan and Elric and yeah and seventies and just books like that yeah oh man those those are 
so important to me and what makes me the gamer uh, and game master that I am now. All right. And then I'm going to cheat and put another one in here as my 9.5 or He's something. A cheetah. We didn't know. I really couldn't tell you too much about the MRO. Some of these images, you just really can't track back down and find out anything. So I'm also going to put in the cover of the Temple of Elemental Evil. If you look at that with the temple in the background and the gargoyles in the front, that just makes you want to play. Right on. Or if you're an evil person, really makes you want to run. Mm-hmm. All right. So. That's great artwork. And that's really evocative and really draws you in. Like, oh, man, I want to play that. It makes a fine T-shirt. Absolutely. It would make a brilliant T-shirt. All right. Well, I can only imagine how long we've rambled in this one because I haven't been able to watch the clock since we've been looking at our beautiful artwork. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything left that we need to tell the fine folks out there? Yeah, be sure and, and uh, post on Facebook. Let us know you know, what some of your favorite artwork or if there's any of these pieces we've mentioned that, yeah, man, that meant a lot to me at, at some point. Be all bomb and share with us, you know. And as usual, we said before, if you've got any topics in mind or things you'd like us to talk about or or anything to contribute, you know, post it on Facebook. Or, of course, you can always contact us via our uh, email, you know, which is the no class podcast RPG you know, at gmail.com. All right. So with that, you can see we've run out of hit points once again. So we will tell you. Goodbye. And goodbye.